What's up, bitches? I'm not Gaia. And I'm Nita. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We're just a couple of artsy bitches learning what makes art good and how to talk about it. Alyssa is back on our little mini Marvel TV show roundup. I'm back. Hello again. (laughs) (laughs) Snacks? Let's snack. Snacks. Okay. Um, Okay. What are you snacking on? Okay. I'm going to do something a little embarrassing this time. Oh. Since last time wasn't embarrassing enough. I'm really into the show Miraculous. (laughs) I'm real The Miraculous Ladybug. I know it's a cartoon. Some cartoons are amazing. But I, I just, I just love it, and there's se- season four is premiering right now, so um, it makes me happy. <laughs> I feel like I'll like it because when we watched like the Tangled series together, mm-hmm. that was like fun and like low stakes. Even though the stakes in that show are actually really high. Just kidding, I take it back. <laughs> the Tangled show is like fucked up. <laughs> um, uh, the Tangled show is dark. <laughs> dark it's super dark um, um it's just about superheroes saving paris it's a good time emily in paris God. meets avengers yes <laughs> <laughs> oh, no uh, i don't know if that's like a selling point or like <laughs> terrible <laughs> But we all know I'd watch it anyway. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, what are you snacking on, Nita? <laughs> I don't know what it is with, like, me and British men, but I watched About Time, and <laughs> Donald Gleason and Rachel McAdams are in it, and it's about this man who can, like, time travel, and he doesn't use it for anything else other than to, like, marry the love of his life. <laughs> And it's with the same director as Love Actually. And I think I actually like this. I think I actually like this better than Love Actually. Wow. Um, and Bill Nighy is so good in it. I love Bill Nighy. Yeah. And it feels like very slice of life. Mm-hmm. Like just this mini element of sci-fi. And it's really beautiful and lovely. And I love everything Domhnall Gleeson is in. He's so wonderful. He's so <laughs> He's, like, so sweet and British. (laughs) The colonial injustice of me being, like, ridiculously attracted to British men. And there's, like, he just, he's just a ginger. Like, he's just a British, stupid British ginger. And I'm in love with him. Um, Speaking about British men who can time travel. What? It was a good segue, I think. That was so good. Um, Time for the roadmap? Time for the roadmap. Hell yeah. Okay. This episode is made up of four parts. Bitch what? An introduction to what we're talking about. Bitch how? A technical rundown of how this succeeds and fails as a piece of art. Bitch time? Three minutes of our unintelligent, unfiltered, uncritical feelings. Where I can talk about Tom Hiddleston all I want. (laughs) And finally, bitch why? A sum up of all the implications and why this all matters. And the bitch meter, our little diversity score meter that we learned math just to give to you. Woohoo! Woo! It's time for Bitch What? We're talking about Loki this week. I'm so excited. Tom Hiddleston, call me. (laughs) Tom Hiddleston, call me challenge. Call me. Tom Hiddleston, here's my phone number. (laughs) Alyssa, do you want to like tell us? Do I even know what Loki is about? (laughs) I watch the show and I don't even know. Basically, it follows the events of Endgame when he disappears with the Tesseract, causing chaos to ensue. (laughs) Where did Loki go? He went to the TVA. The TVA in which is the Time Variance Authority. (laughs) And basically, it's just about his antics with the sacred timeline and different variants of himself. <laughs> One in particular named Sylvie. <laughs> and then they tried And to- Owen Wilson. And Owen Wilson. Kachow. And then- <laughs> In an alternate universe, Mobius is a car. <laughs> and then they like try to take down the TVA together and chaos ensues. Yep. Yay. Yay. I was thinking about this and I was just like, 
if no one knew any of Marvel anything and they heard like TVA, Tesseract, Sacred Timeline, Variants, they'd be like, what the fuck? What the like, heck <laughs> what does you, that mean? What are you talking about? So we're talking about Loki. Full disclosure, like we're going to get into like the nitty gritty of like all Marvel stuff. So if you don't know anything about the Marvel universe, I'm so sorry. I will try to I will try to like put as many things in the show notes as possible <laughs> for you to catch up. But I, I don't know. We have we have to get straight to the shit. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> if you want to know more, just watch every single movie. <laughs> yeah. Just watch all know. the just watch. Just sit down. Yep. If you have three days. <laughs> To just do nothing. Disney Plus does do this thing where they'll put like all of the Loki, uh, all of the movies that Loki has been in Mm -hmm. into a collection. Mm -hmm. So you you could just watch that. And then there's more Tom Hiddleston on Netflix. (laughs) Crimson. There's a movie (laughs) called Crimson Peak. If you haven't seen it, please go see it. Guillermo del Toro directed it and Tom Hiddleston's butt is in it. So you need to watch it. Anyway, oh my god, okay, it's time for Bitch Hell. (laughs) I think what was gonna be hard for us is like separating our feelings about Tom Hiddleston (laughs) from our feelings about the show Uh and Loki. So I think we need to like, I know I personally need to like figure that out. I have enough to say about the show itself Mm -hmm. that I can separate that from Tom. Because as much as I love Tom, (laughs) I have so much to say about the show. (laughs) Okay. All right. How do you think the show functions on its own as a, like, six-hour piece of media? Same thing I said for Black Widow. You have to be a Marvel fan. Yeah. But if we're... Assuming that everybody who's watched the show is a Marvel fan, has all of the knowledge. I'm not going to lie, I didn't love the show. Mm. It was not my favorite. Okay. Something that was really bothering me while I was watching it is it felt like the direction of what the actual director did versus what the writer was trying to do, Mm. two completely different things. Like, some of the elements of it felt contradictory to me. I agree. I feel like... It functions for me as just, like, one long movie. Yeah. The pro- and I think we'll talk about this, too, when we talk about WandaVision. I think, like, what actually hurts these Marvel shows is being released weekly mm-hmm. versus, like, if you just binged all of this, I think the the episodes that feel kind of, like, filler, the Lamentous episode, even though I love the, like, aesthetic of that episode, mm-hmm. not a ton happens. Like, yes, there's that really cool one take, and that set is really beautiful, and, like, they talked about how they made it, and it's great. And then same with the whole episode where they're in the void, where it's a big battle, and then we actually get to the finale, and it's actually, they're just having a conversation, which I found much more interesting, kind mm-hmm. of like the Vision conversation in WandaVision. It would feel like those filler episodes aren't, like, messing up the flow as much. And I think if you just watched it all the way through without having to wait every week for the next thing, it would feel more cohesive. But I think, mm-hmm. and, and then the, the like, campiness of the first few episodes, you, you're, like, worn out by the camp by the time it gets to, like, the serious stuff. And then you, like, you're kind of, like, welcoming the, like, serious elements by the time you get there. But because mm-hmm. if you just sat down and you watched the first episode and the last episode, you're like, this is not even the same show. I totally agree. I watched all of the episodes yesterday (laughs) in preparation. You're right. It should feel like a cohesive thing because if you watch it back to back, it is a long movie. And I think breaking it up, it like stalls the momentum Mm -hmm. of it. I wish I could talk about WandaVision, but I think WandaVision does it a little bit better. Um, I felt the endings of episodes, it like did make me want to keep watching, but it also just felt like, It felt incomplete. Yeah. And, like, I know Loki's not gonna die. So then the whole Lamentous episode where you're like, oh, no, they're stuck in the apocalypse. I was like, okay, well, we got four episodes left. Yeah. So he's not gonna die. And the other thing that I think hurt this is that, like, we know about Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I kind of almost wish they didn't announce the title of Doctor Strange 2 until after Loki. Mm -hmm. Because that would have kept... Because we... Loki is dead in the, like, in the current universe of Marvel. And then we... And then we get this show with him. And it could have been, 
like a one-off and then he dies or something, right? Yeah. And I, I knew we knew he wasn't going to because of Multiverse of Madness, because the multiverse is being introduced in this show. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, there was really no suspense for me. Yeah. In that way. But I guess if you're like younger and you're watching it, you probably are like, oh my God, mm-hmm. Loki and Sylvie are gonna die. But like, <laughs> I was like, no, the fish not gonna die. I know. <laughs> and and I think with the whole mer- multiverse thing is that we have that coming. We also know a little bit about Spider-Man or people are hoping that mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, Garfield are gonna show up. And then in WandaVision, Pietro shows up. But that was also kind of like a whoa, multiverse type thing. So we're already kind of prepped for it so that when it happens at the end, I wasn't, sh- like, shocked. No. And, the yeah. shock is the turn between Sylvie and Loki. Yeah. So something I really loved, and they talked about this in the Assembled documentary, is that, like, the fight scenes, they were like, this needs to work as dialogue first, and then we add the fighting in later. And Because if it doesn't work as a scene, then it won't work as a fight scene, which I thought was, like, really good. Because mm-hmm. then if you're, like, listening to the dialogue, it's the same thing as, like, Jennifer's body is the same thing as, like, Guy's demon play, mm-hmm. which is, like, what they're really fighting about is their relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I really like that moment and that, like, that Sylvie is the one to betray him because she's the one who asks him, like, how do I know you're not going to betray me when this is all over and, like, all of that. And you finally are like, wow, this is the first time we're seeing Loki, like, tell the truth and you know he is, like, being really actually vulnerable in this moment. So, and then, of course, the love is a dagger, all of that. Like, it's, like, kind of perfect. I do have a lot of questions about what the show wants to say about free will. Yeah, I feel like that's been a theme with Marvel lately. With WandaVision too. WandaVision and Black Widow. Yes. Um, I don't know what they're trying to go for with this. I don't know. Because yeah. I feel like it's not specific enough. Right. So I wanna <laughs> can I talk through like what I think it's trying to say? Go ahead. Okay, so Mobius is basically he is um a symbol of like everything's predetermined, no one has free will, I'm working for the TVA, this is what I know. And then by telling Loki all the time, like your fate is predetermined. All Lokis are meant to cause chaos and destruction and be the foil for all the good guys. Like, you are just that. Loki shows him that free will is possible because Loki changes. Mm-hmm. And Mobius watches Loki change. And then, but then what gets confusing is then you've got Sylvie and Loki. And so Sylvie wants free will because it's been stripped from her from such a young age. And then she had to, like, fight for it forever. So it makes sense that when they're faced with Kang, the Kang variant, Loki is the one after making all this like choices before about like, I don't want a throne and I don't want to rule is like, no, I don't think we should kill Kang. But Sylvia's like, I want my free will. I think we should kill Kang. But also Loki wants free will because he just showed Mobius that free will is possible. So Loki's arc with Mobius is then, then suffers because of his arc with Sylvie, mm-hmm. and that's confusing to me. But I do think what I really like about, it looks kind of like cosmic Mad Men, <laughs> the set, right? <laughs> yeah. Got, it's like, it's giving like very shining, like clockwork orange-y, like sort of like Big Brother's always watching. Like a lot of these elements yeah. are in this. And also there's this great quote, um, Saeed Jones, who's just like a very cool like pop culture critic and writer, He says, someone being told that they've committed a crime they didn't even know was possible to commit just by trying to live their life in a way that makes sense to them perfectly sums up what it's like growing up queer in an anti-queer society. So, so yeah, so I think like what's, what's confusing to me is we see the price of fascism, like this Loki has just been through Avengers and he's like the king of that movie, right? Because he's like, nobody wants free will. Everybody wants to be ruled. And there's just like this Netflix documentary that just came out called like, how to be a dictator or something. Mm -hmm. And the very beginning of that documentary also starts with like, people love to be ruled. Like Mm -hmm. you just have to show them that they want that. And I was like, okay, Loki, like, (laughs) like exactly that. What gets really confusing is like, what is this show trying to say about all of that? Mm -hmm. Because at the end, all of the character development we have from Loki as someone who's like, no, no, I don't think anyone should be ruled. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's interesting because at the beginning, he comes in as 2012 Loki where he wants to rule everybody. And then he's faced with this. And then we get to the end when he says, I don't want a throne, which is interesting mm-hmm. in that arc. I, I don't He know. does say, can we just think about it for a moment? Yeah. And so maybe we'll never know 
what his actual choice was. Right. But I think actually the clearer metaphor is just that, like, the TVA is a fascist state. Mm -hmm. They give all of their, the variants who work there, like, daily tasks and jobs, and that's what keeps them, like, in line and occupied. And they're like, I am safe and I have security and therefore will not, like, rebel. And then you have the timekeepers who keep control by propaganda, which is all the, like, the TVA, like, commercials and all that. They have a minority in which they are oppressing, which is variants, but then we find out that everybody in the TVA is variants, which means that, like, actually everybody is on an equal playing field. I think that metaphor is very clear, Mm -hmm. but then, like, Loki's place in that metaphor is not, and I think maybe we'll find out, maybe it'll get clearer in season two, Mm -hmm. but right now it's, it's, like, confusing to me. I think part of it is, like, also, Loki wants to rule, but he doesn't want to be ruled, so when they, he goes into this place where everyone is ruled by this these mysterious beings that nobody mm-hmm. really knows much about, he's like, why would I listen to these people when I can't even see who they are? Why would I listen to them? I, yeah. I should be in charge, you know? Like, I don't listen to anybody type of a thing. Yeah. And then that eventually shifts, but yeah. I think it fucks him up in the end when King is showing him, like, no, I know exactly how this is going to end, which mm-hmm. is a lie because he doesn't know. And Kang is actually, I think Loki sees himself in the King variant because at the end, Kang is like, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. But maybe you could. And so he's like looking in a mirror of like what he would have been in the Avengers had he won, quote unquote, yeah. or what he could be in a couple eons if he takes over, and I don't know if he actually wants it. I think part of that was the variance influence when he was in the void. When because you look at his expression when all of the variants are like turning against like President Loki, or they're mm-hmm. just they go into that massive when all the Lo- uh, Loki variants start fighting, he's just kind of like, "This is too much for me. I can't handle this." And I think he really starts to see who he was in contrast to who he has become. Yeah. But unless you're reading into it, I mean, I guess you're supposed to read into it. I don't know. You're supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) So I think with the character of Loki, he really only has two hours of screen time in like 10 years of movies. Yeah. Which is so fascinating to me. I think he's just a character that people like fucking love. And so I think maybe we like, kind of with Black Widow, have pieced together his arc Mm -hmm. throughout the rest of the series i mean he really is only in a couple of the movies he's not like and 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 like when i rewatched thor ragnarok he kind of actually doesn't have as much character development as i thought Mm -hmm. because they i mean he puts his dad in um the like old folks home and then throughout the entire time he just wants to take the grandmaster's place he's like well i could just you know i could just rule this and then betrays Thor again, and then comes back in the end. But, like, really, like, doesn't learn that much. I mean, even Thor is like, life is about changing, and you just want to stay the same. I actually think, like, now that we get, like, six hours with this character, what we see Loki do with power when he actually gets it is he just, like, self-aggrandizes and mm-hmm. just, like, rules over um, Asgard, but, like, doesn't Asgard? Asgard. <laughs> Um, he ruled- I don't know. It could be Asgard. Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> when Loki's there, it's definitely Asgard. No, fuck me. I'm not. It was so stupid. Okay. Um, I think at the end of the day, he wants love. He wants to, sh- like, the- he rewrites the narrative of Thor 2 in the in that play in Ragnarok yeah. to show that like his father's like I love you I love you and yeah and people will know your name I don't think he actually wants power I think he wants love so that way when Sylvie when he's like I don't want anything except for you to be happy I think he realizes that the power he was searching for all along was just a means of of attaining love, love. yeah <laughs> I feel like I have to get into this now okay I am so angry. I am so angry at the (laughs) self-cest. I am so upset. And I know a lot of people like on the internet are like, it's not a big deal. Just calm down. You know, (laughs) it's just, it's why are you making this whole show about his relationships? Listen, when it comes (laughs) to (laughs) self-cest, I don't want that. (laughs) I feel like the problem is, 
Self-cest is not even a real thing, so there's no, no we don't have a moral compass for whether or not it's right or wrong. But yeah. I will say that the chemistry between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson is palpable. Like, that mm-hmm. shit was dripping from the screen. But then you see that kiss, and it's just as bad as, like, when Black Widow and Hulk kiss in Age of Ultron. And you're like, I feel nothing. It just looks like these two lips are being smashed together, and it's, like, icky. Sylvie and Loki didn't have any romantic chemistry. No, and I think, actually, they might have worked better. Like, this arc works better as friends, because his brother's love he has betrayed his father he ends up killing his mom i think that like a love interest when you're so afraid of yourself and the choices you're making and the way you've hurt people i don't know if like for him like i don't think romance romance feels kind of cheap for me it almost was like his friendship with mobius i think is what taught him to like really care Mm -hmm. but you lose that like fun buddy cop element by episode two and a half yeah right so then that's gone and then i'm just craving to see them together again and now i've got this like sylvie loki thing that's like just a shoehorned romance that i think they just i think the reason they do that is so that they're like he learns to deal with all of his grief and his trauma by loving himself he's loving literally an actual other version of his of himself Mm -hmm. and like coming to terms with the things that he's done and which is another reason why i think at the end he doesn't want to, like, have the throne because I think he's afraid of the things he was capable of and, like, was like, no, I'm just going to put all of this now, all my attention on you. I think, actually, sometimes when it has to do with romance, it for some reason, it just, like, really cheapens it for me. Yeah, I want to fight the writer of the show. Michael Waldron, <laughs> if you want to go down, meet in a parking lot, I will fight you. Um, because when you read interviews... Of And this is why I say that the direction and the writing is totally separate. Michael Waldron is like, it's all about self-love and they love each other and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Whereas like um, Kate Heron, the director, will say, yes, it's about self-love, but it's not really romantic or, you know, I may- I'm paraphrasing. I should look this up. Um, <laughs> but um, it's it's different, you know, the, the way that it comes off. It's, it's just so upsetting to me that... We finally have Loki confirmed bisexual or just queer, however you want to view it. And they're like, okay, we have this really nice relationship with him and Mobius, but we're going to rather put him with the girl version of himself (laughs) instead of exploring this queer relationship. And I knew they weren't going to do it. I knew it wasn't going to happen. Here's the problem. Like, Disney cannot decide which one of their queer characters was their first queer character. They're like, every other time it's like, this is Disney's first gay character. No, no, wait, this is Disney's first gay character. And I'm like, it's like me trying to erase my dating history. Like, no, (laughs) this is my first real relationship. It's like, I, I, but here's the thing. So Michael Waldron in an interview was asked about Loki's sexuality. And there's like, he says, I think that's canon for this character, like, going back to the Norse mythology and everything, like, that's an important part of who this character is. And, like, the interviewer asks about Loki's sexuality, but then it has been, ed- like, that interview has been edited, so the person's a- person actually says sex, but that's a completely different thing. That would be more about, like, um, his, his yeah. gender and his, like, genitalia. Uh-huh. And Loki, the Norse god, if that's what, if that's what Michael Waldron is referencing is that Loki is a shapeshifter as well and takes on many different forms. Like, there's, like, one Norse story where he's, like, a milkmaid for, like, eight years and has Mm -hmm. babies and whatever. And I think, like, and then, obviously, there's a thing people are pointing to in his file that says sex fluid. Yeah. And that's never confirmed whether it's sexuality or sex. And, I mean, then we confirm that in the dialogue where he's, like, prince or princesses. I don't know. Fuck whoever there's like rowan ellis has a really good video doing a full deep dive on this but like what really upsets me actually is loki being so confused about the fact that there is a female loki because uh-huh. then when he, like, goes to the other Lokis in the void and he's Have like, you ever seen yeah. another female you, version of us? Yeah, and they all are like, no, what? And he's like, she's terrifying. I'm like, if you're a shapeshifter, yeah, like, why is this surprising? Why is this a surprising thing to you? <laughs> like, she could so easy, easily shapeshift into any other form, and so can you. Mm-hmm. Why is, why are we now returning to a binary 
when this show at least hinted at the fact that, like, Loki could be fluid and the writers are hinting to the fact that Loki could be fluid in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. That then, like, and then Michael Waldron in that, in that same interview was like, I don't know, I'm a cis white man, a cis straight white man. I don't really feel like I should be equipped to talk about this. And I'm like, if you can't talk about it in an interview, then why did you write it in your show? Exactly. And you know what? That line about... um him uh, a bit of both or whatever when he's talking about his sexuality kate heron put that in yeah she was like i want to make sure that loki is bisexual in the show and then they just never address it ever again well like you know that time loop where that he gets caught in and it's the like ex-girlfriend or whatever could have easily just been an Mm ex-boyfriend that he like cut his hair too or like shaved something funny on his chest or like i'm I'm, all i'm saying is like even if they wanted to keep sophia Martino, like they can i mean i don't expect anything from marvel anymore um <laughs> in terms i don't even really because if the if the fucking writer of the show can't explain the difference between sex gender and sexuality i don't i don't i don't know if they i want them to touch it and i don't i also personally just don't think that like they're gonna make tom hiddleston kiss a man no they just won't which is very disappointing because when you look at the lineup for the new avengers that are coming out so you're getting Wiccan, you're getting Speed, you're getting America Chavez, you're getting all of these queer characters. Wiccan, or aka Billy from WandaVision, is gay. <laughs> His brother Tommy is bisexual. America Chavez is queer. So many queer characters are coming, but they're not going to be written well. It's probably That's not, not going to be written happen. in. And because they're all children right now, they're not going to show that. So it's, yeah. it's just so sad. And, and I think the other thing is like, the queer alien thing that just like Loki's an alien and him being fluid in all these different ways it just kind of like re- reinforces the stereotype that like people that don't subscribe to the binary are like inhuman or like weird or like yeah. mysterious in a kind of otherworldly way which I can get behind when it's like queer creators so i think kate heron doing that i i can get behind it Mm -hmm. because that's like her experience and that's what she wanted to like put in there and like there's also this character in she-ra double trouble yeah an alien and is like Mm non-binary and so sometimes when it fits into the stereotype i can get behind it because that could be that queer person's experience of that character and wanting to like give them that because that's what they saw of themselves in like someone who is alien or a robot or like a fucking sci-fi thing like it's in star trek it's in overwatch it's in a lot of video games this kind of like this trope for me i'm like happy kate heron wanted to do it but then her not being able to engage with it past that makes me really sad but also like i don't think that i same with Cruella like mm-hmm. with when Guy and I were talking about that it's just like I don't think Disney will do it in Luca like they just won't no. I, and I don't know if we should be looking for representation past a quick nod anymore I know with, these, with this company yeah and I'm not gonna lie I when I when he said a bit of both I did start crying I had to pause <laughs> the show yeah. because I was like so excited that this was happening that he actually acknowledged that But, you know, again, it didn't go any farther than that. So, and I saw this clip, I think it was from like Jungle Cruise, which just came out. Oh, and they're like this first gay character. (laughs) They have another first gay character. (laughs) But the thing is, he doesn't say it explicitly. He gets around it. And that's the thing that Disney does is that they will never say it explicitly. I am gay. I am queer. I am whatever. They will say, I love people differently than you do. Or I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, bullshit answer. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it sucks. I, I think that, like, this is exhausting that, like, these franchises are taking up, like, the forefront of most media. Mm-hmm. Because kind of, like, there's no room for anything else. Mostly because, I mean, like, we literally got, like, three Marvel shows in a couple of months. And we're getting, like, oh, five more. Oh, there's so many. We'll talk about it in Bitch Why. Yeah. But, like, they're just never ending. Like, mm-hmm. this is never gonna end, is what it feels like. And I feel like I'm... We When did we jump off the sacred timeline? <laughs> like, I, we're stuck. This is my, my personal time loop hell. Uh, it's just that, like, everything is up to the next thing, up to the next thing, up to the next thing. And, like... Why do I need to wait for representation in this thing? Because, like, what is it really saying about society if, like, we have a gay 
superhero. Maybe I'm just so jaded. I kind of just am like, I don't care anymore if Loki is gay or not. Like, Tom Hiddleston, I'm never going to see Tom Hiddleston, like, suck some guy's dick. So. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing, though. Like, Loki has been alive for thousands of years, so of mm-hmm. course, oh my god, of course at some point you would want to, like, go down on a guy. Like, Jesus. Like, could you imagine living such a boring oh. thousands of years and never experimenting with anyone? Like, people are saying that there was, like, a cut scene where, like, he runs around through time and, like, fucks a bunch of people. But, like, there that's not gonna happen. Like, I'm, I'm sure that's not real. I would have liked the Loki show to be, like, Doctor Who, but with a lot of sex. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think that this show does Doctor Who... A lot better than recent Doctor Who. If let's talk about old Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk um, about early two thousands Doctor Who. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I you know, I felt like I was getting a little bit of that um that Doctor Who-ness in the yeah. beginning and I was hoping that it it does kind of follow through, but at the same time I wanted it to like dive even deeper into the weird. It just needed to be weirder. Yeah, I think, like, I think the show really feels camp the first two episodes. I mean, that, like, holding out for a hero yeah. song. I think a lot of people don't like that choice of song, and I wonder if it's just because we've seen that, like, cut of Adam Driver in the last Star Wars movie <laughs> to holding out for a hero, um, and so people are just like, whatever. They say this in the documentary as well, that, like, TV is a great place to do a character study on an anti-hero, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're, like, Tony Sopranos, and you're Don Drapers, and... Walter White's that's a lot of alliteration (laughs) and so I think in that moment neither of them are the hero Sylvie or the TVA in that fight like I think that that's maybe what they're alluding to and also that's just a really fun song Mm -hmm. and like the last bit of camp that I think you get is like classic Loki's costume and then like alligator alligator Loki (laughs) Loki, which isn't even in in the comics that was like their own creation which (laughs) I think is so funny and and I and I was watching like some of the acting. I think like Jonathan Majors does a fantastic job mm-hmm. as the Kang variant. I'm really excited to see him. I think they do a great job of like placing him in the Marvel universe, unlike Thanos, who kind of just shows up in a couple of cameos leading up to Infinity War. Like yeah. you actually feel like, oh shit, like this is the next big baddie, I think. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna see a bunch of different versions of him. And yeah. this actor is very well equipped to do that. But there's some things that he's, I mean, that whole last episode is just a conversation, which I love. Like, I love just sit down and talk and, like, let's <laughs> just talk about things. Like, honestly, like, the whole show is talking, right? Like, Owen, yeah. Wilson, and Lo- Owen Wilson and Loki, <laughs> the two titular characters, <laughs> having conversations a lot of the show. They're talking about why Loki, what makes a Loki tick and, like, why he acts the mm-hmm. way he does. And, and like, lots of esoteric conversations about like the implications of the TVA and I think that's what Tom Hiddleston really like lends his Shakespearean training to that because he makes like a lot of this crazy dialogue feel really accessible yeah is only a thing that I feel like a lot of great Shakespearean actors can do and then contrast that with Owen Wilson's charm and and grounded yes yeah I loved their dynamic I loved them Mm -hmm. and that's why I think like people feel like they got queer baited too is just like the chemistry there is just too good Mm -hmm. so that sucks but the camp really is like living there and like in Kang's performance I could feel a lot of camp and then like with Tom even when there's some parts where he's like yelling at them in the void yeah. episode and I'm or like, like the Pompeii scene the Pompeii scene yeah. I'm like oh this with the right editing could have leaned into the camp because I'm watching it and the way it's edited like I mean there's not really there's no bad performances only like bad editing it felt like the editing and the way it was shot is trying to keep it grounded but there's some like line deliveries that I'm like oh no like that's silly like let it be silly and I just don't think that they could do it at that point in the show especially towards the last half is like it just was too serious and Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes also like some of the writing was too overt for me like when they're talking about whenever Loki's try to like change themselves we always get like knocked down here oh my god there's like what makes a Loki tick like some of these things were like I mean I think love is a dagger is the only part that I didn't hate because they didn't bring it up anymore they just physically brought it up with actual (laughs) dagger so I was like cool there was so much explaining like when when Ravona and B15 are talking and she's like you only want it 
she needs it. I was like, why? Why are you telling Ramona what she wants? Yeah. I, <laughs> like I said, Michael Waldron, if you want to meet in a parking lot, <laughs> I will bite you. I just <sighs> think that there's like, there's some script edits that needed to be made, but yeah. the acting, I think, can forgive a lot of it. Like, mm-hmm. like the one line where she was like, I looked happy. What now? Like, with those two lines, that actor did so much. There's so many like little one-liners that are that feel so small mm-hmm. when they're just zooming in on Kang, which I thought was an amazing acting moment. He's sitting there with the threshold moment. It's just him, and you're zooming in, and you let him have all the time in the world. That was, and that felt like a stage moment. Yeah, and it was yes. really cool. And I was. It feels very theatrical and yeah. it feels like he's on stage. And I think that works for him and his character. Yeah. And, you know, I think the cast did so well with a script <laughs> that wasn't that great. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of elements could have been so much better. Mm-hmm. But the one element that I, I absolutely loved was the acting and what they yeah. were doing and, and I what think, they were giving. And I think Tom really elevates his whole character arc. I think that, like, I really bought that even though this is the Loki that we saw from Avengers, he somehow inexperiencing his whole life by just watching, by binging the the Marvel movies, (laughs) um, I could feel it because he was basically going through the same arc that he does in Ragnarok, but, like, for longer and with different characters Mm -hmm. and better because it's just more fleshed out because he has six hours to do it. And I am very happy that Sylvie betrays him because that yeah. was way more exciting because now I'm like, what's he going to do now? Mm-hmm. And is this going to harden him or is he going to like work through this? Like, how is this going to go? And I think that like he finally knows who he is and like what he is capable of and yeah. how he can change. And I, I think like for Tom, that was really exciting. Like, I love watching him talk about the character. Like mm-hmm. he would do this thing where he did like Loki lectures for Owen Wilson yeah. and, and Richard E. Grant. Basically and, the whole yeah, like, he's crew. Just, he'll tell anyone who <laughs> will listen. And I think like he knows this character inside and out. So I trust that even though they like fast forwarded <laughs> his whole like MCU arc, yeah. I I got it. And also I think that like that time loop moment where that girl is just beating the shit out of him. Yeah. I think maybe that fast tracks some stuff for him too, where he's just like, okay, I get it. Like I suck. <laughs> I fucking suck. I'm the worst person in the world. Um yeah. my only other thoughts are that I like that Kang was kind of disappointing. I like that he's like the Wizard of Oz, like man behind the curtain. Yeah. The architect from the Matrix. Like he's just like He's goofy. I liked that he was casually a threat. Yes. You know? And that allowed them to have the t- just a conversation at the end. Mm-hmm. No fight scenes. Oh my god, I'm just like, oh, I want more conversations. Because this <laughs> this world is so interesting. Yeah, and I And they never live in explore it. it. And so, like, yeah. them, and now we know Kang, who Kang is as a person, so it's gonna make him a really interesting villain when we see him in the future. Yeah. Loki's feelings of like I always lose and the universe is out to get me and like I feel attacked (laughs) by the universe is such a queer thing too Mm -hmm. and so I think like what I'm really trying to grapple with is like the ways that like they actually did tell a very queer story and then didn't make him queer and then told this really campy thing and then went really serious at the end in a way that like I didn't it just nothing feels like it's like adding up but i still really liked it but i also i feel like i'm a little marvel showed out this was like really disappointing to me because mm-hmm. we started off with wandavision which yeah. i absolutely loved spoiler alert spoiler for alert, ne- you <laughs> loved <the> next- it <laughs> um <laughs> Right after that, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And at that point, I was excited, but I was like, this isn't going to be as weird as WandaVision. It's still going to, like, be good, but, you know, I it was a totally different story. And then we get to Loki, which I was ready. I was ready for the weird. I was ready for the, like, <laughs> go back to that feeling that I had during WandaVision. And then while I was watching it, I was just really disappointed. Yeah. And Loki is a character that means a lot to me. Everyone I, loves him. Everyone He's just so loves good. Him. I used to work with Loki at Disneyland. <laughs> I don't speak for the brand or the company or whatever. 
so like I have a lot of really great memories surrounding the character and I feel like I was just disappointed and I haven't been as into Loki as some other people mm-hmm. so I'm curious as to what people who are longtime Loki fans thought of it but I we can yeah I will say that like I thought that this show aesthetically is so perfect for Loki yeah like in content because he is this like god of mischief and then he's stuck in this like mid-century devoid of joy fucking like office space Mm -hmm. i like that for that character i think it's the perfect place to like fuck with that character and poke at him yeah and in a way that's really exciting and like this the ideas for him especially as a character that's always trying to like defy limitations like these ideas about free will and individuality and determinism I think that all really works well for him. And then I love, I just love the score. I think that the, the person who worked on it with, she like did a combination of like vintage analog synthesizers and then Scandinavian folk music. And then they, these like weird electronic sounds and then like everything just like, and then like little ticking sounds. I feel like that, like there's so much about the aesthetic that I love. There's so many circles, which is very like, Time is a loop. Like yeah. all of that. It's like sexy to me. Like the cinematography the is beautiful. Of it is really the good. design is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering like how much of the show I just loved for this character. Mm-hmm. The sets and the light on oh, the lighting is like often so beautiful and more exciting than like probably about as exciting as like a Ragnarok or a Guardians for me in terms yeah. of like us like full aesthetic. It felt like space and that was yeah, really cool. Yeah, it felt like I was like actually in a different world. Yeah. In a way that like for the last few things for Falcon and Winter Soldier which felt very like Ford built tough like fucking <laughs> like a Ford commercial <laughs> show. Um, but like Ugh. it's it's um it's doing something that I like so much that I wish that it was as good as my brain tricked me into thinking it was. Yeah. And I feel like that's maybe it's time for bitch time. I think it's time for bitch okay. time. All right. It's bitch time. It's bitch time. It's bitch time. We get three time. minutes to say whatever the hell we want and go. Tom freaking Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Oh my god, we used D.B. Cooper. Oh my god. That was like the best. Honestly, the show never gets better. (laughs) That moment was so good. They cut Frog Thor. They didn't, though. That's a lie. Wait, what? They said that they were gonna do Frog Thor, and they cut it. Frog Thor beating Loki up. Oh, I didn't know that was the TVA when he he first gets there. He does show up, and Chris Hemsworth voices him, which I think is really cool. Wait, where is he? He is okay. So you know how they're going underground in the void. Shut up! As you move That's down, cheap. That's <laughs> not know. even okay. If take a shot every time they say glorious purpose. That's ah, another fuck. like awful like overt. Like I was like sick of hearing glorious purpose. Yeah. Um, get Loki a hair tie. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no, it's so hot when he when he flips up. It's like it's like Black Widow when she yeah, does the pose. No, his hair. He flips up, and I'm like, that's hot. That's a choice. Listen, I know. <laughs> when he's fighting the poor man. Anyways. When when Sylvie is talking to Loki about Mobius and she goes, he cares about you. I was like, that's gay! <laughs> that's gay! <laughs> um, justice for Mobius' salad. <laughs> salad. Oh, the director said that when she was pitching like what the void was going to look like, she was like, I accidentally pitched England. Because <laughs> then when they got to the set, she was like, this looks like England. <laughs> She's like, my hell is home. <laughs> oh my god. Mobius has a line where he says, I ought to box your ears. <laughs> and he laughs. <laughs> um, um, Owen and Tom are so cute together. He was like giving him little Loki lectures. And they're like, he's explaining Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe to him. <laughs> Have you ever done Hamlet? <laughs> Have you never done Hamlet? And he's like, I no, no. I never thought in any of my co-workers, Ben Stiller was probably not thinking himself oh yes has Owen Wilson ever done Hamlet that oh jump scare with Miss Minute Jesus fucked Christ. me up it was like 12 in the morning and I like jumped out of my skin I was like no oh, when he conjured the jacket over him and so- the blanket over and then they were talking like a couple like obviously the dialogue was interesting because they were like we don't know what to do with each other but I was like ew stop uh, the way they were looking at each other ew. um the Marvel logo in the last episode 
Oh my god, that hit me. That was so actually, hard. you know what? That was good, except for like I really thought the Nelson Mandela and Malala quotes were kind of too smart. That too smart. okay, you're I, right. I want Tom smart. Hiddleston to <laughs> me in my and then and then and then and his thighs. I want his thighs to. <laughs> All night long. <laughs> Tom Holland, if you want to, or not Tom Holland, Tom Hiddleston, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. <laughs> I said Tom Holland. It's fine. <laughs> Either of them. Either of them. Honestly. Either of them. <laughs> it's time for Bitch Why. Bitch Why. We're talking about the implications of Loki on the Marvel Cinematic Universe and like our universe. Oh. Oh. I really love, so like Tom Hiddleston got to executive produce this. Mm -hmm. I think he was really able to, something I love is when actors have agency. <laughs> they do things yeah. more than look pretty. And yeah. Act. Yeah. And I feel like I'm really happy for him that he kind of had to have that agency. And then like, obviously like Anthony Mackie was like involved in the script a little bit for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Even Scarlett Johansson executive produced Black Widow. So weird that she like didn't talk about like the money and like that was like became a that sh that would have just been a conversation if it was yeah a man i'm also like wondering where all of her co-stars are in like backing her up on this yeah like but what's going on Tom anyways yeah anyway <laughs> anyway i do love that he kind of got to like he says he's like i threw my whole soul at it <laughs> like, yeah oh and i i think like looking at him makes me really jealous because he has, like, the career I want. Um, yeah. But he's so kind and loving and very grateful. I love that he loves it. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think sometimes I get really caught up in, like, the cynicism of, like, the capitalist entity that is Marvel. Yeah. But, like, really, like, watching him love it is really nice. Like, to watch a performance where you can tell, like, everybody's having fun. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this belongs in Bitch Why, but I just wanted to say it. Like, I do love yeah. watching him work. And I, I think it's it's cool seeing this, like, Shakespeare actor bring in his, like, Shakespeareanness mm -hmm. into roles like this. And I feel like there's such a thing with acting where there's this pretentiousness with it. Like, you have to be doing a certain thing in order to be regarded as, like a good actor or yeah. like a qualified actor, but he can do this silly little Loki show. Yeah. Which is actually like, despite my feelings about it, pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, still come off as this like fantastic artist and performer. And yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that's really good is like using television. Obviously like television is changing with just the way that like we consume it. Um, but I think using television to, like, really flesh out these characters that did not kind of get their dues in the movies mm -hmm. is really exciting. What I am worried about now, though, is the reverse of that, because we've got, like, Miss Marvel and She-Hulk and all of these guys coming into a television space. And I'm worried yeah. that, like, they will not be, they will not have the same pull as, like, Tom Hiddleston going from, like, Thor and then the like success of Thor Ragnarok and then his like satisfying honestly like death in Infinity War to pull the TV audience like I'm just worried that they might be like setting up these younger actors to fail because I, I just don't think that they'll carry the same. I want to argue a point that it might be doing the reverse mm. where um because they have these TV shows you know eventually they're gonna be Put into these films so maybe by giving them a tv show that explores their character more than what we see like from loki in his movies that maybe when we see them again in those big blockbuster films maybe we'll care about them a little bit more okay as opposed yeah. to like seeing scarlet witch only for two seconds or seeing loki for only two seconds you yeah know? for sure yeah i do think with Loki, though, it is the only Marvel series that we have so far that makes an impact on, like, what happens next in the MCU in yeah. the biggest way. Like, I think Loki is, like, solidified itself as, like, Marvel-required viewing. You can, and we'll talk about this with WandaVision, but, like, my biggest guess is that, like, 
she'll show up in in Multiverse of Madness and they'll call it like the New Jersey incident or something. Mm -hmm. And we like will get like mildly explained, but like this show brings up Kang. Like we're just gonna see this guy for for a long time now. It brings in like a lot of key players that that are just gonna like have an actual impact on on the rest of these movies. Like you Mm -hmm. have to watch this. And it is sad the Marvel show that centers like a woman's grief and trauma and then the Marvel show exploring like the implications of a of a black man taking up the the Captain America mantle are are ones that can kind of go unwatched. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and everything about the multiverse is going to be explored in the, in the coming movies, so. Yeah. Um I think what's really interesting about these shows is the whole community around it mm-hmm. and how people engaged with each episode every week. Uh, what we're being given, what we're finding out about the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and how people respond to that is really interesting. And I think something that was enjoyable, especially for WandaVision, but also for this one, was how people interacted and theorized and were trying to figure out, like, is it going to be Kang at the end of the series? Yeah. Or, you know, or yeah. we know that the multiverse is coming, but how are we going to get there? Yeah. yeah, that's that's really interesting to see that like community of people coming together to try to figure it out before it happens. I do think people really learn their lesson from WandaVision though, <laughs> not to bank everything on a fan theory. Yeah. And actually the fact that it was Kang the whole time and I honestly most of us knew that's what was going to happen mm-hmm. is like I I don't think WandaVision tried to do, like, a bait-and-switch with us. They were clearly telling us one specific story, and then, like, we all put our ideas on it. Yeah. But I knew kind of exactly where this was going to go, and I still had fun on the ride. Yeah. But I wasn't, like, holding everything up on a fan theory, and I think people did that with WandaVision, and then were, like, really, really disappointed with all of the theories that were swirling around. Mm -hmm. I think people, like really took a step back with Loki (laughs) and we're like fuck it if it's Kang if I know if I don't know it doesn't matter I'm just Mm -hmm. gonna like enjoy it and I think I think that like unfortunately that also sucks that like WandaVision had to suffer for that I also just think that these shows should just be released all together like I do get that you want to like end things on a cliffhanger but I think what we talked about earlier was that this show actually works so much better as like just a long movie yeah and I don't know if I would have liked to watch to just binge this show, but I also don't know if I liked the episodic version of it, you know, of I think if they had made it into episodes. I think that's where Marvel claiming these as TV shows is failing because they're not TV shows. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is not a TV show. It's a long ass movie. Yeah, it's literally you know? <laughs> like a long sequel to Winter Soldier. Yeah. And it's it's like I don't know if you should claim these as episodes. Do I want to see six hours of Loki just fucking shit up? Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I think if you're going to do that, you need to turn them into episodes of a TV show. Yeah. So the Nielsen Report, which is it uh, reports on viewership for streaming TV and takes from Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus reported that Loki was viewed for 813 million minutes. From June 28th to July 4th. So it is like the most, at that time, was the most viewed show of that week. And also just has a considerable margin over WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. So it is, I mean, like, it did amazing. I also think that, like, it was so different from the other two. That worked. I think Tom Hiddleston is just a draw. Like, he just, like, brings people in. Something that I'm worried about is just, like... And we talked about this earlier. It's just that these Marvel shows are just going to keep coming. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, five more slated within the next two years or something, right? Yeah. Like, I'm I'm so freaked out. We're just going to get, like, Marvel fatigued. Because then on top of that, all the movies, like, it just feels like it's all, like, happening way, way too much. Like, it used to be, like, one Marvel movie a year. Yeah. Then it started to become two. And now it's going to be, like, two or three plus, like, a TV show or two. I think I like, I miss the anticipation Mm -hmm. of, you know, that painful year between Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, we did get like Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel, but 
it was just waiting for that to come was so exciting. Marvel used to be casual viewing, like mm-hmm. Thor The Dark World came out and I was like, I don't yeah, really, I'll watch this later, it. you know, <laughs> like I didn't need to see it. And I kind of missed that aspect. I love getting all this new car- Marvel content just because I love Marvel, but I need to breathe. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it's like, yes, things are like getting exciting, but I just feel like it's losing steam at the same time. Mm-hmm. For this show specifically, I think it did a really good job of balancing, like, the high stakes of the entire universe and then also the personal stakes of the characters. Mm -hmm. But I do think, like, two or three characters didn't get as much development and there was a lot of, like, people telling them what they wanted or needed, like, with Ravona and Hunter B-15, who are also both, like, black women and, like, Mm -hmm. the only women of color in the show. Like, the show is, like, pretty white. And, like, the the characters that you, quote-unquote, like, root for, even though they are also morally ambiguous are Loki, Sylvie, and I almost said Owen Wilson, and Mobius. But everybody else, I mean, like, Kang obviously is being set up to be this, like, the next big baddie, and I think he has a great kind of character arc, but, like, Ravona and and Hunter B-15, I mean, Hunter B-15 doesn't have a fucking name. Yeah. Like, kind of get thrown to the side a little bit in a way that I don't really love. Like, even Ravona and Mobius say that they've been best friends for, like, eons, but then they don't They just tell us that. They never show us. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what I'm hoping is that all of these characters get to kind of keep going. If we, like, look at, like, Loki's first performance in Thor, like, he doesn't have too much to do either. So it's not horrible. I'm hoping for the best. But I am like, oh, that's interesting that all these... And then the black Loki variant... Yeah. He's gone after, like, five minutes. That was disappointing. Which was super disappointing. And I I noticed, like, an online thing is that people are leaving him out of artwork of, like, Mm -hmm. the Loki variants, which has been a problem. I do wonder, like, because there will be a season two, what that means for those characters. When I saw Kang for the first time, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Seeing him as, like, the big bad for the next while, but I really hope what they do is that they show both good and bad variants of him just to give him some contrast and to not make him just this bad, evil character. Because I don't think he's really evil, like, from what we saw. No, I think that this is honestly a really juicy role for Jonathan Majors. I am so excited. Because he's gonna get to come in any iteration he wants. Mm -hmm. Like, this one I really like that he was kind of like a haggard, like... I'm tired. I actually don't want to do this anymore. I'm actually, it's driven me mad. Like, I'm tired. I'm done. And you could tell, like, he was having so much fun. Yeah. So he's, like, an exciting presence to watch. He's not, like, he's totally different than Thanos. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be very exciting to see. And it's just fun to have, like, a funny villain, you know? Yeah, and Kang the Conqueror in the comics, like... Unlike Thanos, who was trying to be like, I'm doing this for the greater good. (laughs) Kang, like, loves to conquer. Yeah. He's like, I actually just want to do this. This is fun for me. Mm -hmm. So I think it might be (laughs) interesting to have... I think Marvel's headed into a a more of, like, a morally gray area with, like, even their heroes. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think then that gives the villains... They can just be as bad or as, like, maybe redeemable as we want. Like, I feel like the point of this show is that there are no good guys and there are no bad guys. Loki has a line where he says, like, Mobius isn't all good. He's also not all bad. Yeah. And I'm kind of the same way. Or something along those lines. And I'm like, yeah, that's... Pretty much the theme of the show is that none of these characters are all good or all bad. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really brilliant character study. To speak to the queer bait again, I don't think Disney will ever have Loki or any character that they say is queer fully embody that queerness in a way that is, like, actually representative of my and your community. So I just don't see that happening but I can understand, like, there were people who were like, if you got queer baited by the Loki show, that's your own damn fault. And I was like, haha, that is funny. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, like, when the chemistry is so good between Owen Wilson and yeah. Tom Hiddleston, then to then see this kind of, like, lackluster kiss and kind of like the Rise of Skywalker kiss, um, you're just like, oh. Oh, oh. Like, why is this happening? Like, I feel like I'm looking at, like, a brother and sister kissing. <laughs> like, it just was, like, yucky. 
then like of course you feel kind of cheated because you're like well the great chemistry was right there and especially because he says that he's interested in men you know like if he hadn't said that then you would have been like, okay, yeah, I'm projecting. Yeah. But then he does say it. Yeah. And I'm like, and the way he fixes his tie, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I think Disney Disney wanted him to be not queer so bad that they set him up with himself. Yeah. So what does that tell you yeah. about this company and what they can do? And uh. it's, this is just not, you know, I'm just not going to hang my hat on that anymore. Yeah. I think I'm over it. And I think it's weird that the high school musical, the musical, the series has yeah. an open. <laughs> I know. Disney's um, first openly gay. Okay, so they do have a gay couple and they do they're they do have a wimpy sad kiss on screen. Mm-hmm. It's they do kiss, which is kind of like, all right, Disney, you did this one thing. But it's like, uh, you know, not what I who's watching this show? Who's watching season two? Literally nobody. Nobody. My sister. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, obviously, this has more implications on the multiverse. I think we're gonna get some really, like, wacky stuff in the next few years. Um, oh, something I liked about the marketing for the show was the way that the Loki character at Disneyland would change his outfit. Oh, um, yeah, depending on the week. Yeah, with every episode. I thought that was, like, a really clever way of marketing, and I really want Marvel to, like, play into that a little bit. Yeah. To, like, just make and I think they will with Avengers Campus. They'll just keep adding adding shit. But yeah, I'm excited to see like how the marketing for these movies and shows go. I saw way more marketing for Loki than I did for like Black Widow, though. I will yeah. say. But you know what? That's just run of the mill sexism, babies. <laughs> <sighs> it's time for the bitch meter. Bitch meter. liked the show yeah i liked it i liked i liked it just fine but they're all they all kind of start off really strong and then the endings are all iffy anyway it's time for the bitch meters where we rank the thing on our diversity score meter just to reiterate does not always cause quality but it sometimes correlates with quality let's see if it's one of those times what do we give for queer for queer we gave it two why? Because <laughs> <laughs> listen to the episode. Listen to the episode. There are technically two queer characters. Both Loki and Sylvie are, or Sylvie, kind of. Yeah, I think she. I think yeah. they're the same person. They're the same person. They're both gay. They have to then both be. They're both say that <laughs> listen, they swing both ways. So. I didn't see Loki go down on any men, so it gets a two from me. <laughs> that one scene where uh, Sylvie is at like drinks with that one. Mm. That was kind of gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I thought that that was going to get gayer, and then it didn't. didn't. Okay. Cowards. <laughs> Cowards. Anyways. Fight me, Michael Walton. <laughs> Meet me um, in the parking lot. Meet me in the parking Meet lot. Meet me in the, in, the, in the Georgia lot where you film the Marvel movies. Uh, what, did we, gen- what did we give it for gender? Gender, we gave it a three. It was pretty evenly split. But one of the main characters is a woman. I do think by the end it does kind of feel like a boys club. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. What did we okay. give it for race? For race, we gave it a three. There were, we did have several black characters. We have the, <laughs> we have Casey, who was, <laughs> who was not even, <laughs> who was in one episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as we said before, they were all kind of given these weird arcs where they were painted as not great. So, even when know. like Loki is our protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yikes. But I do think Kang, I think Kang is going to be an amazing character. I think yeah. he's going to really like, You could feel his presence throughout the entire show, even though he was only, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, so I'm excited to see where he goes. Yeah. For disability, we gave it an N.A. Mm -hmm. Loki does... President Loki loses a hand, but I don't think that counts (laughs) for anything. Uh, Yikes. What did we give it for class? We gave it a five for class. Wow. I think the show talks a lot about fascism and Mm -hmm. bureaucracy and... The whole show is kind of, like, steeped in it. It's very, like, dystopic. Yeah. I think it handles it pretty well, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Amazing. So that gives us a final score of... 
5.5 out of 10. Ooh. Which is like kind of yikes, right? I expected it to be a little bit higher, but. Yeah, um, I was kind of like, it could be a six. (laughs) But no, I think, I just think that this show is really white. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's time for, speaking of white. (laughs) We can't. It's time for Caitlin's hot take. Hello. Hello. Hi, Caitlin. Um, we were wondering if we could get your hot take on Loki. Ooh, okay. I really didn't like the finale, gotta be <laughs> honest. It was just, to me, it was a little underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting to see, like, um, I always forget what his name was, because I watched it very, I watched it fast. Um, uh, Kang? Yeah. Kang. His character's really interesting. But, and I know it ended that way because they're doing a season two, but it was just very underwhelming. And I actually, like, I actually felt like all of the finales for all of the series for Disney Plus had, like, somewhat finale troubles, which Mm. we can get into, like, later. Yeah. But I guess I expected more. No, that's good. That's, yeah. Thank you. That was a great hot take, Caitlin. No, no, they're all, sh- I mean, they're all short. Harris's are never that long. Thank you for that hot take, Caitlin. Thank you. Yay. What are you working on? Still working on grad homework. school. Homework. We're just doing homework. I've been working a lot. I'm working like so many hours over the next two weeks. So yes. if I die, um, you, you cannot. Can- you cannot because you're moving to New York. Uh, yeah, that's true. But if I do, invite Tom Hiddleston because I want to see funeral. <laughs> yes. And should I also invite Michael Waltron? Can I fight Michael tell Waltron? Him, tell him the Loki series killed me. Yeah, I mean, like, um, it was Alyssa's dying wish to fight <laughs> at her funeral. <laughs> oh Jesus! Anyways, um, uh, what are you working on? Um, I'm just trying to like have a good time before I have to go back to the city. Thank you. That's really it. Um, I'm not doing anything else. Uh, if you see me trying to do anything else, stop me because I'm trying to have fun. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> okay. I'll, be, I'll be watching every move. Oh my God! Where can people find you, Alyssa? Uh, people can find me as alyssa.c.m on Instagram and Alyssa C or Alyssa M six one one on. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nitha underscore Thadani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I. You can follow the Bitch Why Podcast on at Bitch Why Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Where can you email us? You can email us. I'm going to do it better this time at <laughs> b.tchwhy at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Please tell a friend about this podcast and leave us a review and rate us on iTunes. And all of the resources referenced will be in the show notes. Thank you to our editor, co-producer, and gay god, Cameron, and our graphic designer, Jillian. Bye, bitches. Bye. Bye.